my boomstick! Shh, it's the film flavors. Hey guys, I'm Chris. Hey everybody, I'm Robert. And we're the Film Flamers. And it's time to bring you another top 10. And as you recall, this month we are talking about summer blockbuster horror movies. So what better time to discuss Chris's favorite top 10 horror action movies? That's right. And you know what? There was actually a lot of gold to mine there. You'd think of it as a kind of a niche action horror, but it's it's actually not as much as I thought. And so there's uh, quite a few that uh, I have fond memories of. I know. I mean, so similar to our top 10 episode of Vacation Horror, where I sort of gave my, you know, top 10 list or opinions on it, and Chris added in some some comments and honorable mentions, I thought, let the person who watches these movies, like, make their list. Because, I mean, I probably don't like that many action horror movies. And then when I started to think about it, I was like, you know, I may have a couple. But uh, I know that you appreciate the genre a lot more than I do. And so I'm super interested to see what you've chosen. Sure. Well, let's just dive in, shall we? Okay. Well, actually, for my number 10, I couldn't really decide between like five different movies. <laughs> so what we did was we actually put a poll over on Patreon where we asked them to choose between five different films, which include World War Z, Death Proof, From Dusk Till Dawn, Resident Evil, and Underworld. And what they ended up choosing was actually pretty split, so (laughs) I was probably not going to make too many people that happy. But what ended up winning was Resident Evil. So my number 10, dictated by our wonderful patrons, is Resident Evil from 2002. I think that's a very good choice. And I know, I mean, I know the vote was split over there, but that just goes to show you that the movies that you were vying for top 10 are, you know, at least loved by many people, at least our patrons. Mm -hmm. And I can see how that'd be a very difficult choice between all of those. Well, I have fond memories of of Resident Evil, despite its Rotten Tomatoes score of, what is it, 36%? (laughs) That's kind of bullshit to me, too. I have no idea it was that low. That's, That's crazy. Although I feel like the audience score is a lot higher than that. Like the cinema score is actually a grade of an average grade of B. Oh, well, that's much better than 36%. <laughs> yeah. And I think yeah. it's a solid film. It's of course directed by uh, Paul W.S. Anderson mm-hmm. and of course stars Mila Jovovich and Michelle Rodriguez and James Purefoy. And just, you know, it's a really good cast. And of course I really love the music, which is by Marco Beltrami, but also Marilyn Manson. And I used to have, uh, pieces of the score in my playlist for film scores for years and years. And so I'll probably be pay- playing some of that behind uh, our discussion here. I really liked Resident Evil quite a bit. I saw it in the theater when it came out. I had no idea what the video game was, really. And um, I was pleasantly surprised by everything in that movie. And if you want to talk about action, I mean, it's like action from start to finish, really. And it was popular enough to spawn a massive franchise. Yes. Like, how many do they have now? Like, 17 or something? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, there's six. And then there's, theoretically, a reboot, I think, coming out. Yeah, it's been talked about for quite some time. I don't know if it'll happen or not. Possibly produced by James Wan. Wow. I mean, but it would have to have Mila Jojovich, because uh, she's been in every single one of the sequels. I, I don't think that... I would want to see a Resident Evil movie without her. What are your thoughts on that? I don't know. You know, I think she, you know, with six films, I think she's had her say. I'd mm-hmm. like to see her branch out and be in other films. I feel like this franchise has kind of kept her from, you know, uh, roles in, in other areas. And that's 
True, you know, but if you're getting that bank, you know, you're going to keep making these movies. But yeah, it's it's action packed and and we actually get to see a lot of like women, uh, which was f- still fairly rare back in the day for these sort of action films. And man, G- Mila Jovovich kicks some ass in this movie. As does Michelle, Michelle Rodriguez. Rodriguez. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's lots of like female ass kicking going on in this. Uh, zombies, zombie dogs and things, right? I mean, like, mm-hmm. what's not to love about Resident Evil? So, I don't know. Um, now, that being said, are you happy with that being the number 10 choice, right? Sure, yeah. Well, it was one of my picks. My uh, short, It's always on my short list, and that's why I included it in the poll. Good. Yeah. Okay. So uh, we'll, we'll, I'll talk a little bit about some of the other items in the poll after this is kind of, you know, runners up, but let's move on to my number nine. Okay. My number nine is army of darkness from 1992 <laughs> directed by Sam Raimi and starring the wonderful Bruce Campbell. Yes. <laughs> so I actually watched army of darkness before I watched evil dead or evil dead Two. Uh, as a kid and it was so accessible and you didn't really need to see anything that came before it and it's just so self-contained and we get so many great one-liners and great action too comedic action and and you know um you know all that wonderful stop action or stop motion (laughs) skeletons playing flutes and you know him fighting himself and uh fighting zombies and the supernatural fights as well as that just you know you know sword and shield sword and sandal kind of fights going on because of course it takes place in medieval times mm-hmm. but it's just so hilarious still and just so lighthearted. but also you know keeping up with the horror they just get that series just got wackier and wackier with every sequel and uh i'm still a huge fan of army of darkness and i would recommend it wholeheartedly and it has action all the way through i haven't seen army of darkness in a very long time if i go to that franchise i usually pick evil dead 2 like that's the one that i go to if i want to watch something like that but army of darkness is hilarious and i i think it's the most quotable of all those movies and (laughs) this is my boomstick yeah this is my boomstick yeah i mean i mean so it's it's a really enjoyable movie it reminds me a lot of like jason and the argonauts did you ever watch that oh yeah when you were a kid (laughs) yeah (laughs) <laughs> sure. And I think that's probably what they were trying to go for because effects, you know, in 1992, effects existed back then that were better than stop motion. I mean, a year later, Jurassic Park came out, right? Right. Of course, this didn't have that budget and didn't have ILM, you know, you know, and even Jurassic Park was about to use stop motion or at least go motion, you know. So I don't know. Army of Darkness is kind of that last kind of. 60s 70s b movie feel you know that we got before just like the revolution of jurassic park came out and you know i just uh i love it so much groovy groovy i still haven't watched the ash versus the evil dead series at all yet oh my god it's, it's good uh at least the first two seasons i don't think i saw the last season before it was canceled but um it's got some really hardcore stuff in it Oh, then I I really need to watch this. I bought the first season. I, I own it. I just haven't opened it and actually watched it yet. So I certainly need to. Yeah, there's. I think the worst was like there was this scene where he's like dealing with cadavers to you know to see like which ones are possessed or whatever. And somehow for some sort of wacky hijinks, he gets the guy's like butt like on top of it. Like he sticks his head through the the, the thing's butt and. <laughs> 
it's been like um, autopsy, so as you can see his head sticking through like the autopsy thing. But the guy, <laughs> but the cadaver has like this this massive penis with the <laughs> Prince Albert, and it's like whipping him in the face the entire time, and it's just so shocking and over the top. I can't recommend it enough. So I mean, um, that is the best review I've heard of the series. I'm certainly sold. You had me at giant penis. <laughs> <laughs> What's your number eight? So my number eight is Predator from 1987, starring, of course, Arnold Schwarzenegger, who makes several appearances on this list. Oh, well, that's good foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. I think I can probably pinpoint some of those, but yeah. So why Predator? Well, Predator did a really good job of, you know, sticking a small cast out in like a, you know, one little location and and they were Mm -hmm. all being hunted. And it's a it was fairly innovative in how it showed them being hunted with the several different like visions uh, or views that the the Predator could take, like the heat vision and, and different things and being invisible. And there was a creeping dread to it as well as, you know, just as much action, you know, and it's got some iconic action in there. Uh, you know, with him as kind of like the final man, um, you know, fighting against the Predator. It's a it's a classic for a reason. Yeah. And, and we just had a conversation about Jaws where we talked about not being able to see the creature, the antagonist, a lot in a movie, but still feeling the kind of dread that it, you know, produces. And the Predator does that because for most of the movie, it's invisible. You can just see that sort of like mm-hmm. shimmery shape that's supposed to be. And when it reveals itself, it's always shocking and incredibly violent and very action-y. So, I mean, well-deserved place on your list. Plus, you know, the music is by Alan Silvestri. And really? uh, it stars Carl Weathers. <laughs> I mean, all good things. I didn't realize that Alan Silvestri wrote that score. <laughs> It's been a long time since I've listened to it. I need to go back now that I know that. It's been a long time since I've watched Predator. I know it's made an appearance on several of our lists. I know it was on your top 10 aliens list just last month. Mm. And um, I know it's been there before. So, yeah, it's definitely due for a rewatch and maybe even like a position on the docket at some point. Yeah, there are definitely a few repeats from our um, alien horror movies and sci-fi horror movies. Uh, with action horror movies. We're going to see some repeats in here. Well, I think you have to, because those genres just lend itself to a lot of action. And so, of course, they'd find their way on this list, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. My number seven is Tremors from 1990. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Starring Kevin Bacon and Fred Ward. Wow. I like this. I like this placement, too. I love Tremors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, so why do you think it deserves a place on your action? So it's on there because of course it's just, it's kind of like army of darkness in a way that there's a lot of like comedic action, but there's still like real horror and dread, especially in the first like third of the film. And they have to go after these massive like, uh, sandworms or whatever they are. And, uh, I don't know. It's, it still just has like, it's, it's such a classic. And, uh, it was actually produced by Galeon Hurd, uh, who we know from several other films, including aliens. And uh, directed by, I don't, I don't really know him, but Ron Underwood. Yeah, he did like City Slickers and uh, Mighty Joe Young, but that's about all I know of from him besides this one. But uh, no, it's just a classic and it's got mm-hmm. a lot of great action, you know, escaping and fighting the things and, and kind of inventive. You know, you can't be on the ground. You can't make tremors. And of course, Reba fucking McIntyre's whole thing in this is just ingenious. 
Amen. That's right. Her and Michael Gross in this movie with their whole arsenal and compound is yeah. great. And yeah, so anytime you have Reba McIntyre holding an elephant gun, you have to call this an action movie. <laughs> I mean, come on. My number six is Train to Busan. Yeah, from 2016. And, you know, we both really love this film. It's an excellent choice. It has a 94% on Rotten Tomatoes. So it's it's widely, you know, critically acclaimed, I would say. And uh, it's got really great, you know, uh, heart-pounding action in a confined space. And it does it really, really well. And I'm so looking forward to the sequel. Oh my God, me too. Because, you know, when I watched the trailer for that one, I, it seems like they're ramping up the action a lot. And I mean, in Train, Train to Busan, just like we talked about with Resident Evil, it's kind of like action from start to finish because the entire movie is sort of in this one location and the people are fighting to survive and like literally fighting. The thing I like most about Train to Busan is that in between the action, they have these really like quiet moments that just make me weep yeah. uncontrollably. Mm-hmm. And there's more than one moment like that. It's pretty special when an action movie can do that to you. Yeah, when I was creating this list, I wanted to create you know a list with like different types of action on it and different scenarios, but also you know with moments and quality that could support that action. You know. Yeah, and this is the perfect example of that, I think. And I mean, aside from the, the the critical score on Rotten Tomatoes, I know that people in the horror community just love Train to Busan. A, a lot of times people talk about it being the best zombie movie ever made. I don't know if I completely agree with that. Well, I know that I don't fully, but I mean, it's, it's right up there. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. And I know that this made an appearance on both of our lists when we did our top 10 zombie countdown. But, um, you know, the, the more that I think about it and the more that I watch Train to Busan, it sort of moves higher on my list toward the number one spot. Yeah. So my number five is Revenge from 2017. Also an excellent choice. I'm so glad this is on your list. Yeah, it's a it's a French rape and revenge action horror film if you hadn't seen it. So it does require some subtitles. But a lot of it is, yeah, I mean, a lot of it's in English as well as French, right? So, I mean, it's it's sort of a, a, a joint country combination. I mean, it was... Yeah, I didn't really remember that. I remember most of this really being visual storytelling. Mm-hmm. And as a huge portions of the movie are just kind of watching what's happening on the screen and it never fails to entertain or interest. And there's a lot of emotion behind the violence here because of, you know, like I said, rape and revenge. And normally I don't like that because I feel like it's a little bit exploitive, right? But this does it in such a different and interesting way and visually like amazing way. The cinematography for this film is just amazing. And it's also a little um, over the top, but not so much that it's comedic. It's over the top in kind of a surreal way. And there's some story elements that kind of support that as well, but I don't want to reveal too much because I just want everyone to go out and watch this movie. That's right. It's streaming on Shudder. It's a Shudder original. So um, go and watch it, of course. Um, it's it's a fantastic movie. I think the lead in this film is amazing. She does such an excellent job. And I think it's easy to watch a movie, especially an action horror movie, if it's foreign. Things like Train to Busan or Revenge. 
because there's not a whole lot of dialogue, so even people who have a hard time like reading subtitles can really enjoy these movies because there's so much more going on than just like the dialogue in the film. Yeah, it's so. not a dialogue-heavy film at all. Like I said, it's visual storytelling, and it does it really, really well. And I think when I first told you that when I was including Revenge on this list, I think that was the most thing that you were excited about. Yes, I was super excited because, I mean, we watched this together for your first time. So I had watched Revenge like twice and I really wanted you to watch it. And we sat down and watched it with you and your boyfriend one night. And I was like, for sure that you wouldn't like the movie. And, you know, at the time you're like, yeah, I liked it. And I, I think maybe you've thought about it since then. And it's like grown in your esteem a little bit, but I was like terrified that a movie that I love so much, you would just find to be terrible. And the fact that you have put it at number five in the middle of your list just makes me so incredibly happy. Well, I don't know. I think you might be con- confused between or mixing up uh, when you showed me It Stains the Sands Red, or did I watch that on my own? You watched that one on your own, but yeah, I, I, that's a movie that I also love that I think you didn't really care for too Not much. Not nearly as much as Revenge. I happen to like that director a lot of It Stains the Sand Red, and that may color my opinion of it, right? Mm-hmm. But because this man also did What Keeps You Alive, uh, which I think is another really good horror movie and sort of an action horror movie at, at points. But um, Revenge, to me, I think is a very well-made, well-acted movie. I think that the merits to it are just astounding and a lot of people will often say that they don't like to watch rape revenge movies and i also don't yeah, really care for either. them i've seen a lot but because the revenge parts of those movies are good it's just so hard to get through the rape part of rape revenge right and and it should be that shouldn't be easy for anyone to mm-hmm. watch i will say this about revenge is that they um the camera sort of pans away during the rape part and while it's uncomfortable and very unsettling and it's not quite as graphic as some other movies of the same subgenre. Mm-hmm. So if that puts you off, you know, then it's not something you should watch, but know that it's not, not quite as graphic, but you know, equally sets up all the revenge and all the action in this. movie. Oh yeah. I was going to say, yeah, well, it does kind of pan away for that. It definitely more than makes up for it as far as, you know, gore and violence and showing you everything later in the movie with the revenge portion. It's, it's rape revenge with an emphasis on the revenge, I would say, hence mm-hmm. the title. <laughs> Speaking of revenge, my number four is none other than Lee Wanell's Upgrade from 2018. Yes, I am loving your list. Like, really? (laughs) And, you know, it's interesting because, you know, this is probably the highest you can get on one of my lists without having some sort of nostalgia boner for it. And this is a relatively new movie just within the last two or three years. Yeah. And it, I feel like, is already kind of a classic. And it is just done so well. It's amazing for a first-time director. Obviously, Lee Wanell has a huge amount of experience in film, but this is his directorial debut, where he was, a, you know, usually it's his friend James Wan that, you know, that does all the directing, and he does a lot of writing and acting and, and producing. But uh, of course, he followed this up with like Invisible Man, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and which is equally as wonderful of a film. But Upgrade is an action film, right? It's a uh, it's listed on Wiki actually as a cyberpunk action body horror film, 
<laughs> you know, and there's uh, there's a little bit of adjacency here. There's like adjacency in, in action. There's adjacency in, in horror and body horror. But I feel I feel like it's solidly an action horror movie. And what makes this super special is that it kind of grounds you in the emotion in kind of a John Wick kind of way. If you've seen John Wick, which I of course think you should see, I haven't seen. There's that. A, like a literal kick the dog moment where it just makes you so angry at the the bad guys, you know, and it kind of you know kicks off the rest of the movie which is basically revenge and upgrade is kind of like that in which there's a lot of emotion tied up with you know it's basically a revenge story but it's also high tech he's given this opportunity to kind of upgrade his body and uh you know after being kind of turned into a paraplegic and he the the work with the camera when his body is doing some of the things that he does in fight scenes and things like that is just i've never seen really anything like it before and it's really inventive and it was done so so well and the action was just top notch and uh, i can't recommend seeing upgrade enough it's just a great film yeah the first time i watched upgrade i was doing it solely based on somebody's recommendation to watch it they said that it was a great horror movie and i was like oh i heard it was more actiony and it's like i i don't want to watch that sort of thing right and then when i watched it i was completely floored by it it was one of my favorite horror movies of that year 2018 uh the action in it is so stylized that um it seems super neat mm-hmm. right yeah. you know and i just like it was really fun to watch without losing any of the horror elements. And I mean, I can't speak highly enough of Logan Marshall green. I think that he is great in this movie and other movies and he's super dreamy. Yeah. I used to, I used to think of him as kind of a poor man's Tom Hardy, you know, but after seeing upgrade, it changed my mind and seeing him being able to act, um, you know, as though he, you know, he's in these really intense fight scenes and his face has to kind of act like he doesn't know what he's doing. He's like grossed out by what's happening, but his body is doing it all mm-hmm. anyway. It's just really like, and that's separate from how the action's being filmed. So there's like multiple levels of awesomeness going on in all of these uh, scenes. So we, obviously both of us can't recommend it enough. Yes. If you have not seen Upgrade, please go watch it. It is so, so good. I promise you won't be disappointed. Even if action horror movies are not your thing, like this is just such an enjoyable movie. I think that regardless of what you feel about action movies, whether action or action horror, like this is just a good movie that people will Mm -hmm. like. It's so easy to get wrapped up in the story and everything that's going on. And Lee Wanell, like really is just like knocking it out of the park. And he has become like the director I want to see the most from just based on upgrade, the invisible man. And just, I am so excited for his career. Yeah. My number three is Terminator two judgment day from 1991 directed by James Cameron. And of course, starring the incomparable Arnold Schwarzenegger and Linda Hamilton. This really is a showcase for Linda Hamilton in the sequel because, you know, she really has to kind of step up from the victim to kind of an instigator of the action, you know, and she does a really, really awesome job in here. And, you know, right up there with, you know, Sigourney Weaver and Aliens, I would say, as far as, you know, emotional, um, you know, emotion on screen and the range that she had to kind of go through. And she obviously has huge amounts of PTSD, you know, in Terminator 2. Uh, You know, she starts off in that asylum and she ends up, you know, saving her son and befriending a Terminator and everything else. And um, it's just such a roller coaster ride of a film. And it's one of James Cameron's best, in my opinion. And, uh, you know, with the, the T-1000 or whatever, with the, the metallic, 
body and everything. This the, the casting in this movie is just excellent. Uh, you know, all the new faces are, are great, including the kid. Was it Eddie Furlong? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. I have quite the nostalgia boner for T two. Yeah. So I, um, I, I mean, to me, far superior to the original, and uh, I, I will die on that hill. You know, I, I love the Terminator. But uh, T2 was a very special moment in movie watching for me as a kid. And I sort of like grasped onto that. And uh, talk about action. Like this movie is super, super action packed, super funny, super quotable. Right. And um, I agree. I mean, I love the character arc of Sarah Connor. I think that she is a good action character, very much like Ellen Ripley. Um, But just not as good as Ellen Ripley for me. Yeah. I, no, I it's know. not because yeah. she doesn't have as much focus. She's the, the weight of the film yeah. was on her shoulders. Like Ellen Ripley's was in aliens, right? The entire mm-hmm. weight of the film was on her shoulders, but you know, Linda Hamilton, um, you know, Sarah Connor's character is sharing that weight with her son, as well as the Terminator, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Right. So, you know, she would have to get a little bit more time in the limelight for that sort of thing to really kind of equal you know, or equate into like some sort of acting nomination at the Oscars. But still, I think it's worthy of talking about. And uh, Terminator 2's action uh, set pieces are some of the best in any film or any action film, period. I don't think I've seen T2 in it's got to be at least 25 years. I mean, it's been a very wow. long time. Holy shit. You need to sit down and watch Terminator yeah. and then Terminator 2 back to back. And I I didn't see the new Terminator yet either. Was it Dark Fate? Is that what yeah, it's called or something um, like that? I, yeah, I still haven't seen that. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's better oh. than the other sequels. So you could see Terminator, Terminator 2, and then Der- Terminator Dark Fate, I guess, kind of as a wrap up. But it's it's such a, it's, uh, no, I don't know. I, I'd be interested to see what you thought. Mm, okay. What's your number two? Of course, it's the Terminator. <laughs> <laughs> from 1984 the original um and it's uh you know what it it lacks in just complete constant overt action which it doesn't lack really much compared to its sequel terminator 2 you know it makes up for and just straight up tension yes right? and i love michael bean in this you know, and you know, this is his the role that basically got him, you know, his role in Aliens. But he has a little bit more to do in the Terminator. He is basically the hero of the movie along with Sarah Connor, you know, herself, but she's almost along for the ride for most of the movie until the end. But um, you know, I can't I can't say enough. Terminator actually has a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes compared to Terminator 2's ninety-three percent. Um, That's so surprising to me. To me, they're different but equal. It's kind of similar to Alien and Aliens, although I would I would argue that Terminator and Terminator 2 are more similar in genre to each other than Alien and Aliens are. Uh, I, I'm kind of split on that. I mean, because I, I think Terminator, the original Terminator, is very, very tense, like you said, very suspenseful. Yeah. I would say it's a little bit more horrific than... Terminator 2? Yeah, the the Venn diagram of, you know, action horror steps a little bit more into horror than action and and Terminator 2 is more a little bit more action than horror, you know? But there's a huge, copious amounts of both in both movies, so it's it's kind of a non-issue for for either film, really. (laughs) You know, it's just the original Terminator is a classic for a reason, so is the sequel. But, you know, um, I had to choose between both, because I wanted to put both on here instead of a whole franchise. Um, you know, and uh, I had to let Rotten Tomatoes kind of decide the 
you know, the little split for me, which way, which side it landed on as far as higher or lower in the scoring. And so that is why Terminator is number two and Terminator 2 is number three on my list. I would say if it's been 25 years since I've seen T2, it's been even longer since I have seen Terminator. So Holy shit, I cannot wait for you to watch ter- the Terminator today and sit down and watch Terminator 2 after it. And I think that you're going to fall in love with the Terminator. And I think that you're going to fall in love again with Terminator 2 in different ways since it's been so long. I mean, yeah, I'm super intrigued now. I think I really do need to revisit this franchise and just, like, watch it. I have fond memories of loving the Terminator. I think that Michael Bean is super sexy in that movie. And, I mean, it's just fun to watch him. And I think it's just like Arnold Schwarzenegger sort of at his top, right? These two movies make me just fondly remember Arnold Schwarzenegger before he started making these ridiculous comedies with Danny DeVito or whatever, which are also good. But I mean, if I'm going to choose between like Kindergarten Cop and Terminator or Terminator 2, I'd probably choose the Terminator series to watch. Yeah. So and we got yeah, a lot of quotable I, quotes in these too, you know, from the Terminator, you know, come with me if you want to live. Right. Mm-hmm. And Terminator 2, I'll be back and hasta la vista baby and all that stuff. Right. But the, the first one is really what kicked off this massive genre uh, franchise. You know, and, uh, you know, the first two are done by James Cameron and James Cameron basically can't make a movie without without it becoming a classic. So, you know, if you haven't seen these or haven't seen these in 25 years, (laughs) please go back and rewatch them. I will say Arnold Schwarzenegger owes a debt of gratitude to everybody who ever wrote any movie that he was in. Cause he is like, he has the best like quotes and one liners from movies and you know, he didn't come up with himself. Right. Mm. So, I mean, come on. What is that line from kindergarten cop? He's like, it's not a tumor. It's not a tumor. <laughs> and then predator. Get to the chopper. <laughs> Get in the chopper. Well, my number one, obviously if obviously it didn't make an appearance earlier in this list is aliens from 1986. So James Cameron has the top three spots here now that I'm looking at it. (laughs) Um, Why don't you just suck his penis and get it over with? (laughs) I don't know what to say to that besides. Okay. Um, You heard it here first, James. Well, obviously, yeah. So, I mean, it's it's a little weird that we didn't put Jaws or Jurassic Park on this list. I feel like they're not overtly action uh, as much as they are like horror and things like that. There's a lot of action in Jurassic Park, but it's not solidly action like the rest of the things on this list are, in my opinion. Um, you know, Jurassic Park is kind of a thing of its own, so is Jaws. But, you know, I have to call back to last month's deep dive into Aliens and to say, you know, it's transcending, you know, it's it's probably the top of the list in our sci-fi horror movies, action horror movies, and alien horror movies. Mm-hmm. It's probably number one for all of those, and there's a reason for that, because it is a, you know, it transcends classic. It almost, you know, it abuses the word classic. It slaps it and makes it its bitch. Wow. <laughs> I was going to ask, because I think this is probably the first time and Film Flamers history that we've had a top 10 that's sort of like, you know, categorized to the movies that we're covering that month that don't make an appearance somewhere on the list. And I was going to ask you, why why not Jurassic Park? Why not Just? But you just answered that question beautifully. And I know that, I mean, like you love Aliens. I also love Aliens. And we had a damn near three hour episode about aliens recently yeah. so and if i wanted clear. to do a top 10 of uh horror blockbusters it would probably just be Jurassic park right. so you know 
there you have it. But let me get a little bit back into those runners up that we had our patrons voting for, um, including World War Z, which was my initial choice just because of the intense action, especially in that escaping Jerusalem scene. But I knew that would piss a lot of people right out the gate putting World War Z on any kind of list, especially for anyone that's read the original book, which is basically kind of like an unfilmable type of situation. I feel like if they were ever going to do it, it would need to be some sort of miniseries. To really be, you know, correct, because it would have to be like six hours long, you know, and have multiple different perspectives and things like that. But uh, World War Z just has some of the most intense horror action I've ever seen in a film, you know, regardless of what you think of the film as a whole. But that's kind of why I was waffling on it. Yeah, I, my relationship with World War Z, as I've said in the podcast, is sort of love-hate, because I love the book very, very much. I think it is by far one of the best pieces of horror fiction that one can read. And um, I think this book should be studied actually. And so I was super looking forward to the movie. And the first time I watched the movie in the theater, I liked it. And then, you know, it it sat with me for a little bit and I was just like, no, no, I don't like this movie at all. And then I watched it when it came out on DVD and I was like, nope, I'm right. It's terrible. And then for some reason, my husband and I bought the director's cut on dvd or blu-ray like on black friday or something one day i have no idea we just grabbed it and threw it in the fucking basket (laughs) and it sat on my shelf collecting dust until recently i would say in the last couple months and i popped in world war z and it's not a bad movie it's a good movie (laughs) like i had a good time with it yeah and it's super actiony i know that scene you're talking about from jerusalem when the zombies are piling up on top of each other and like getting to the top of that wall i mean that is some intense action yes and it's fantastic and i mean say what you will about brad pitt but i mean he's good in that movie Mm -hmm. just like in many other things that he's in so well the next runner-up is actually tarantino's death proof from 2007 Mm. as a part of grindhouse it's a little bit of a short it's kind of like a you know not completely full like feature length type of situation but it's got you know, and really like half of it, if not more than half, is like straight up just dialogue, you know, sitting around in a bar, or, you know, mm-hmm. this or that. But really the the whole thing with those group of ladies and Kurt Russell at the end where they kind of end up winning. But really just the the amazing stunt work going on on top of that car is just mind blowing. And I just love that whole sequence, it's, you know, and that's based on that alone. Besides the whole thing you know, being great, you know, just on that sequence, action sequence alone is why I was going to include it. Yeah. I, I really love death proof a lot. I think it's, it's either tied from my favorite Tarantino movie or number two, like it sort of waffles back and forth, but I, I really like it. I've seen it many, many times. I like the dialogue heavy portions of it. I like the acting in this movie. I think Kurt Russell's phenomenal on this as the villain. Mm-hmm. And I like I like car movies. So I mean aside from like The Fast and the Furious, which I've never seen any of those movies at all. But I mean this is like horror's response to Fast and the Furious, as far as I'm concerned. And yeah. he made a very good movie. I would love to put Grindhouse on the docket sometime to watch. Yeah. And talk great about. double feature. And I love that he gave Zoe Bell a chance. And she is, of course, this, you know, now famous stunt performer, essentially. Mm-hmm. And she was like the main stunt performer in Kill Bill, you know, as a backup to Uma Thurman. You know, and she's been in quite a few things. And and she ends up, you know, in more uh, 
Quentin Tarantino films with, um, you know, just uh, recently, I think she was in the newest one as well as, of course, The Hateful Eight. And she had a speaking line in that. But, you know, she got a lot of dialogue. And, of course, she's the the center of this movie, really the heart of it, because she has to be on top of that car. And she did such a good job. And, uh, you know, I, I watch her career and whatever she's in ever since because I just love her screen presence. Didn't she have that viral video recently <laughs> yeah. of, like, yeah, stunt performers or, like, and actresses punching each other through the right. Skype or whatever. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. It was fun. Mm-hmm. What else was on that poll? So the last thing uh, that we didn't already talk about because Resident Evil ended up as number 10 is Underworld from 2003 with a 31% Rotten Tomatoes score. <laughs> but I remember really liking it. Um, you know, I wasn't obsessed with it. I didn't think it was just like this amazing, you know, film. There are at least like four or five Underworld films. Of course, the the first was directed by Lynn, uh, Lynn Wiseman, who I believe was married to Kate Beckinsale at the time and continued making films, I think, even at, with her, even after their divorce and stuff. Uh, and of course, the first one uh, has Scott Speedman as well and an amazing performance by Bill Nye as like the elder mm-hmm. vampire and he has some really great lines in this and he just delivers them so amazing sometimes i look them up on youtube just because i want to see them you know uh you know when she wakes him up to kind of you know ask his advice and, to, and you know kind of take control of the vampire coven and he's you know kind of putting her in her place but also be kind of being a father to her and he's just such a complex character at least in the first film and i really loved his performance of it but overall of course the action is you know kind of uh reminiscent of the matrix you know it was kind of trying to do that same thing it was kind of like what if we had the matrix but there was vampires and werewolves you know (laughs) you can really tell exactly what it is you know and of course i can't i can't mention the series without you know mentioning michael sheen and his performance because Mm -hmm. you wouldn't really imagine him as an action star you know much less like a werewolf or whatever but he does such an amazing job you know um and just kind of proves you know again yet again that he can do anything from, you know, playing the prime minister of, you know, of England or <laughs> to, you know, playing these fantastical parts as vampires, werewolves or anything else in different ways. He really is a good actor. I love Michael Sheen. I, every time I see him in something, even Twilight, I mean, come on, I'm okay with all that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I haven't, I saw Underworld one time when it first came out on DVD and I mean, I liked it. Um, I like Kate Beckinsale. I just, I like Scott Speedman. I just, um, I didn't watch the rest of the movies. Have you seen the other sequels? I think I've seen the next one, which was Underworld Evolution. And of course it has, um, you know, the next elder, which is Marcus, who has wings and everything. And he has some fantastic Mm -hmm. killing sequences. Oh. And, um, it's actually a pretty good movie in my opinion. I actually, it's a, I mean, Underworld was good. Underworld Evolution was good. Maybe not you know, better in certain ways and not as good in other ways. But uh, I would definitely recommend if you're going to sit down and watch the underworld series that to not stop with the first one, at least um, at least see that second one. And I think the rise of the Lycans is a prequel is the third installment. And so it has some of those characters from the first one, but like a thousand years previous or something. So that's another movie I need to revisit and give a second chance to. I I didn't dislike it. I didn't love it. It was just sort of middle of the road for me. And I, 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 there's no reason why I shouldn't like it. So I should probably watch it again for sure. But. Yeah. 
But that that more or less, uh, you know, wraps up my top 10 and those runners up for top 10 action horror movies. If I may, can I add a couple in and see as to maybe why you didn't put them on your list? Uh, no. No? <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Uh, so the remake of Dawn of the Dead to me is very, very action packed. Yeah, I, I have it in right here in my notes. I actually have the original here as well from 1978, wow. um, yeah. which also has a lot of action, you know, but really kind of the beginning and just like in spurts. Right. And I feel like it's a little bit too action adjacent. Right. Like um, I feel like you know, just like Jurassic Park or Jaws, it's right on the edge of being like a straight up action film. Yeah. So if you don't want to go watch an action horror movie, I think it's not one of those first things that come to mind, right? And, uh, you, you know, it could easily be on this list, I think. But for whatever reason, I, I felt like it was a little too adjacent, you know, to, to be on a top 10 for action. I can see that. But yeah, because there, there are a lot of, like, character development moments in this movie. Like, the action is sort of, like, centered toward the end of it, mm-hmm. where all the explosions and stuff are. I get it. You know, yeah, you're right. Yeah. But, I mean, like, when I think about it, though, I, I sort of think about a lot of those, like, explosion-y action type of scenes. Yeah, and- I also had, like, a very similar to that, I had The Crazies from 2010, you know, as kind of, but that just butted right up against that cusp of, you know, action adjacency. And that's why it didn't end up on my list. And I will say, and I'm, I'm not going to ask you why this is not on your list because I don't think you'd ever put it on your list. But so the sequels to The Purge, as they have been going on, have gotten a lot more actiony and less suspenseful and horrific. They really have just become like just action movies by themselves, right? So have you have you seen any of those like later Purge movies? You know, I did look at them because uh, you know some other people do include those on their lists, but they're just not rated very well. <laughs> yeah and also i have not seen a single movie in the purge franchise i don't know if that's a good or bad thing like i i like i like the franchise but i'm not quite sure i like it for because they're not good movies you know i just enjoy watching it you know i asked so many people about the first one including yourself you know uh because i thought it was a really interesting you know premise for social commentary and i was like do they mind that at all you know did they did they tap into some of those ideas of you know, why the purge exists and, you know, did they really kind of deep dive into that at all? And the answer is always no, not really. (laughs) No. So, I mean, they like skirt around that issue a lot. And I think that some of the later purge movies are trying to like solidify that, but so they used it as a high concept rather than Mm -hmm. anything to actually talk about. I will say, I really like the first purge movie a lot. I like, well, I like the sequels too, but (laughs) these movies are like universally shit on. I could be the only person in the world who likes the purge. (laughs) So, I don't know. Anyway, guys, that about wraps up our episode on our top 10 action horror movies. Let us know what you thought of our picks or my picks, actually, I guess I should say. And if you feel like I forgot anything or if you think something should have made my list, let, let us know. And you can do that on social media at at the Film Flamers on Twitter, Facebook or Instagram. And let me be the first person to respond and say that I like your top 10. This is good. It's an excellent list. Very, very well done. Well, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. You can also email us at tiredqueens at filmflamers.com or call our hotline, please, at 972-666-7733. Call in, leave your voice message, and we'll respond to it and play it on the air. 
on the next Shooting the Flames episode. That's right. Our next Shooting the Flames episode is our 100th episode of the Film Flamers. And we really want to hear your voice, guys. So call in and let us know. We'll play all that on Shooting the Flames. And like Chris talked about, we had a poll for this episode over on Patreon. So go to patreon.com slash the Film Flamers. You can get all of our bonus content, participate in these polls, and join the growing community over there. And uh, sometimes these episodes come out pretty early and you get that as well for as little as $2 a month. Yeah. And while you're over there, check out our latest episode, which is a Flamers flashback on the movie Dread, which really should have made this list somewhere. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, it can be a, it can be one of those special mentions. Or maybe at some point we'll have to revisit these action horror movies because I'm sure that they're going to be more coming oh, out. Oh, definitely. So. I think next year with Alien, just like Alien and Aliens, we might have to do Terminator and Terminator 2 just so we can get you in front oh. of it. Yes. I mean, especially if I go like watch it now, as I'm kind of planning on doing as soon as we stop recording this episode. <laughs> well, guys, aside from that 100th episode of Shooting the Flames, we have a lot of stuff coming out for you in September. So stay tuned. We're going to be covering one of Chris and mine's favorite shared horror movies, and that is... Poltergeist. The time has come yes. for us to talk about Poltergeist. That's right. As well as White Noise. That's right. We're going to be revisiting a movie that uh, this is some early 2000s horror with Michael Keaton, whom I always love. So. Yeah, and I, you know, I really like White Noise. I just looked up its uh, Rotten Tomato score. It's like 0% or something. So. <laughs> Who knows? Well, that's debatable. And I'm sure that we will add to that debate next month. Yes. So as always, we appreciate all the listens and support. But it's time for us to head out and uh, maybe find some action of our own. <laughs> Why do I always go to sex? I don't know. <laughs> well, let's go have some sweet dreams. It's not a tumor. It's not a tumor. <laughs>